You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Caitlin Holbrook. Caitlin is Executive Vice President and Managing Director at V2 Communications, a public relations and digital communications firm. Caitlin, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here, Jeremy. Appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about V2, what you guys do. Sure. We are, as you said, a PR and digital communications firm. We work with B2B brands across enterprise technology, climate tech, and health tech to tell their stories through earned, owned, and paid media channels. Okay, awesome. So let's dive right into our topic yeah. today, which is branded content. So first, let's define that term. What, what do we mean by branded content? It's a good question. I think everyone defines it a little bit differently, or a lot of people define it differently. I think of it as content that is both coming from a company and designed to engage their audiences and doing it in a way that is clear and transparent that it is coming from a brand. Okay. And so like, what would be an example of that? I think the one most people know is something like a corporate blog. Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing an increasing number of podcasts, which is a great example for the conversation that we're having today. We're also seeing a lot of branded content now appearing on media sites and publishers, which I think is a newer phenomenon. And that I think is an a trend that is going to continue and where I see branded content taking off more and more in the years ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the kind of content that, as you say, comes from a company kind of sponsored by and, and even produced by the company, but the content typically is like, at least in the, like a branded podcast, the podcast wouldn't be about the company. It's not like an infomercial. It's Correct. just, right. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. that's an important distinction. I mean, we hear from yeah. a lot of companies who want to start a podcast or, you know, launch a microsite or do thought leadership about their products, right? Or their people or very specific elements of what they do or what they sell. And I think branded content that does well and that is true to the name often doesn't heavily rely on the brand or the product name, which is a little bit ironic, but I think when done well, it's important. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. So, so tell us the story a little bit of, of how you guys have come to be working with your clients more and more on branded content. Like how has that evolved for you? Yeah. So it really started out of traditional public relations activity. So for, for quite a while, we were an earned media relations shop for lack of a better word. We would pitch editors, journalists, reporters on our clients' stories. And what we found was that we were writing a lot of contributed content. So it was still earned media. It was still content that we did not pay a publisher to produce on behalf of our clients or to run on behalf of our clients. Um, but it was very much authored by and had the key messages that our clients wanted to deliver. So, you know, a cybersecurity company writing a piece for a cybersecurity trade magazine penned by the executives of that company and very much aligned with what they uh, sold and their value proposition without necessarily naming the products as we just talked about, but really exploring the problem and, and best practices around how to solve for that. 
And as the media landscape shifted, more organizations and publishers were open to that kind of contributed content. More brands understood the value of that type of content because it is not a light lift. It's a lot of work to create all of that content. We saw an opportunity to really double down on being that partner that could create the content for our clients. At that point, it's probably five years ago now, very much focused on earned placements, the stuff we would pitch. But we've seen that increasingly change and evolve into owned content. So blogs, podcasts, research reports, white papers, all the stuff that might live on a website or be used for sales collateral, and then increasingly paid engagements, whether that's things like the Forbes and Fast Company councils of the world, Mm -hmm. whether that's native ad buys and content that lives within the editorial feed for a, a client that we might work with podcast. There's there's really the the sky is the limit in terms of creativity when it comes to branded content. We even have some clients working with documentary producers, right? And that is how they're thinking about mm-hmm. branded content, which is long lead time, high production, big mm-hmm. investment of, of time and energy and creativity, but perhaps a really compelling and engaging piece of content by the time it, it's completed and, and put out to the world. Yeah. Now, as you've just described, Branded content, at least at the higher end, takes a lot of time and effort. It's a big lift, right? So what's the value? Oh, gosh. It's something, in my opinion, that is hard to measure in many traditional senses of how marketing is measured. There is very, you know, there's, there's what I would often call vanity metrics around impressions on this type of content or, you know, how many subscribers to a podcast, whatever the, those, those metrics might be. I think the real value, though, that is the intangible is how do the audiences that are reading, listening to, watching that content connect with your brand, with your company, with your story, with what like-minded customers or, or employees, even if you're thinking about employer brand, how they're experiencing and engaging with the brand and the topic as well. I think Peloton, mm. for all the fault that they've had in the media in, in recent months, I think there are brands that have done, has done a really excellent job of creating content that is on brand, that brings together their community, that does span a number of different channels. And you could even argue has spawned, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with the Peloton mm-hmm. community, but it spawned all of these kind of offshoot groups and mm. and subcontent and that that has taken its own life of its own and they haven't had to touch even a lot of that but it's still unofficial branded content right so mm-hmm. i think that is an example of where yeah maybe they're not getting the impression metrics from all of that but they're certainly getting the brand lift from content that's being created and then you know releveraged by their community yeah okay right that's a good example and Peloton's, like you say, despite the negative stuff that's been going on, but still it's a powerful brand. Yeah, right? you, for sure. You get... And powerful community too. And and that mm. is one area where I think content will be moving in the months, years ahead. How do you get your community, in, not just engaging with the content, but engaging with one another and building your audience in that mm-hmm. way? Yeah, right. And you can see how for something like Peloton, which already is kind of 
community oriented about groups doing things together yeah. and you know using i mean it might be somewhat more challenging for a b2b brand you know that's selling software or whatever like that doesn't as naturally lend itself to a, a organic community of people who all want to like talk about it or something like that yeah i think that's very true although it's interesting we have this conversation often with clients you know we're not a b2c brand how do we apply xyz yeah strategy. And I think it's a fair question. I think it's easy to point to the exciting consumer examples. And if you go to any trade show or, or conference, it's often the, the sexy consumer examples that are shared. But there are pretty, I'm trying to think of the right word, pretty excited communities of professionals that buy products. I mean, you think of the HubSpot community yeah. and all of their mm -hmm. network of people. We work with one provider in a very niche B2B enterprise tech space, and they've created a community of women on LinkedIn. And mm. that LinkedIn group, while it's not focused on necessarily just their products and services and customers alone, but they've created a nice community around women who want to advance their careers in technology and kind of have these niche circumstances that they can all communicate around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. And, and HubSpot's a great example too, right? Yeah. We can, and, and there are plenty of examples. You think of a company like Gong, right? That, yes. that and, and, and I think what a, a lot of what ties these together, I'm not as familiar with the women's group on LinkedIn, but the content they put out, right? It, it's, that's at the center of it. It's like very distinctive. They have a distinct point of view. Yes. And it draws to them people who either share that point of view or maybe don't and want to talk about it. You know, like they they have really, yeah, they've really figured that out. Yeah. And I think it also creates the closed loop because you see what conversations spark interest mm. and discussion and engagement. And then that helps inform the next formal content creation right. cycle, right? Like what topics are mm -hmm. people looking for information on or are they under hot debate around like that is an opportunity for a brand that your customers, your audiences, your community are, are handing to you almost on a silver platter. <laughs> oh yeah. Just an absolute gold mine, right? Yeah. Like they're, it's right there. And they're literally telling you like, these are the hot topics. This yes. is what we want to hear about. Okay. So a little pivot here real quick. Yeah. You'd mentioned, you mentioned podcasting once or twice. And of course, you know, I'm a, little bias towards podcasting. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? I'd just love to get your thoughts on podcasting as kind of a branded content play. Sure. So we were thrown into the podcast game in March or April, probably April, realistically, of 2020, sitting at my dining room table, three young children at home, and on a call with one of our bigger clients and said, you know, we're not going to any trade shows, obviously. That was our main mechanism for engaging prospects and getting net new leads and getting our name out there. What the heck can we do? Can you help? And we had one of those like, oh, no moments of what can we do? And then the oh, wow moment. Podcasting is this tremendous opportunity that we as an agency had not done. This particular client had not done. And we said, let's figure out how to make this work. And it's the best oh crap moment we've ever had because it really opened up a lot of opportunity to reach audiences that this particular brand wouldn't have even if they had gone to all of those trade shows. Mm. So we 
concepted for them and they're, you know, B2B enterprise tech selling to IT CIO type of audience, a podcast all around digital transformation and how could we reach audiences that are interested in digital transformation, which their technology, of course, supports in really interesting ways to the people that were getting their hands dirty in all different facets of digital transformation. If you know anything about that, it's kind of a broad topic, but has a lot of hotly debated issues. You know, what's right Mm -hmm. or wrong? What qualifies as digital transformation or not? Ethical considerations. So we lined up, I think, a 10-part series to start, um, tested a lot of different types of guests, you know, very deep technical, more you know, high level inspirational type of speakers, some very unknown, some very known, got a very high energy host to drive the conversations, came up with what we thought was a really good format and it stuck. We might have been luck because folks were at home with not a lot to do and they'd binged all of the Netflix shows. But we've since used the learnings from that particular podcast and experience to bring it to other clients to understand you know, what works, what doesn't, how do you build an audience, which, you know, is not easy. It takes time. It takes more than 10 episodes. I can tell you that you probably know that well. And it takes a lot outside of the podcast in terms of content and promotion and branding to really make it work. Yeah. Wow. Well, it it, it seems like you said a a great kind of oh crap moment that turned into (laughs) like, wait a minute, this is kind of awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would have used a different word, but I don't know if this is a rated G podcast. <laughs> um, I'd say no. <laughs> okay. I don't know that we've, what would we rate it? I don't know. And what is N- NC-17 maybe? I can't remember I don't what think, that hopefully is. Hopefully it's not that. I think that's, maybe not. that's yeah. right. That's a little too far. <laughs> maybe oh. R. Right. Well, we'll we'll go with rated R. You can yes. drop. You can go a little blue if you want. No, no big deal. <laughs> so. What's your advice for marketing teams that want to get started with doing more branded content? Like, what's the main takeaway? Oh, gosh, it's hard to pick just one. But I do think that notion of be in for the long haul. Mm. You are not going to get an audience, regardless of channel or format, right away. You are not going to see results right away. You are not going to see impact on sales pipeline or deals, especially if you're a B2B company with a very long, lengthy and complex sales cycle right away. There's marketing levers you can pull, you know, where you do see those results pretty immediately. You go make a media buy and that has implications on your on your you know metrics. You go to a trade show and you come back with X hundred number of leads potentially that you can then market to. A lot of branded content, yes, there's some, you know, call to actions you can put in it and, and, you know, elements you can use to capture stuff like that. But you need to build that audience. You need to get folks recognizing you as a source for whatever subjects you're going to be writing about, talking about, you know, putting out content around. And that takes a lot of time, sometimes months of time before anything ever gets published. And I think, you know, sometimes we hear from brands and say, you know, we want to stand this up in a, in a couple of weeks. We want to do a three-month project. And to us, that's a sign that they probably don't have the right mindset mm. going into a project. And we're willing to explain to them why. But it it is a, you know, year plus oftentimes project, particularly for a 
you know, B2B complex mm-hmm. technology. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Great stuff there. I love it. You got to gotta be patient and resilient. Yeah. Yes. Resiliency is key. And I think knowing your audience too, a lot of times it's easy to say, you know, we want to talk about this. We want to write a post about that. We want our story to be, you know, whatever it might be. And that's, of course, important. But you need to understand that if you're talking to a CIO or, you know, someone working in DevOps, they don't want oftentimes a sales message or, you know, there's certain topics that you may want to be out there talking about, but I've been covered and written about by other brands and publishers a million times over. So what's your unique slant? What does the audience still want answered or what haven't they read about and how can you approach your content that way? Yeah. All, all of that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All, all of that is, is what you need for sure. Okay. So, all right. Well, Caitlin, how can folks connect with you? Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn, Caitlin Holbrook. I'm also still, as of right now, on Twitter. We'll see what happens at Caitlin E. Henry. And the easiest way and fastest way is kholbrook at v2coms.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show Great. notes and to the to your company as well so people can check it out. And thank you so much for your, for the, a really great conversation. I enjoyed it. Yes, me as well. Thanks for having me on. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.